Hi, you're listening to What's the Schemata, a schema therapy podcast for therapists. With ISST-accredited schema therapy supervisors and trainers, Chris Hayes and Rob Brockman. For more information on schema therapy, visit our website, schematherapytraining.com. Hello and welcome to What's, What's the, the Schemata? Yes, this is the schema therapy podcast myself and rob brockman in sydney rob how are you i'm good i'm good chris um yeah pumped we're, we're about to do well in about an hour and a half we're also going to be talking about the new schemas um on our platform schema therapy training online.com we have a free webinar up there so m- many if not most of you might be tuning in there as well and talking about the new schemas um how you doing yeah, good. It, it, just for um, interest as well, if you do happen to hear this recording in the next couple of months, um, you'll be able to access that um, recording, a little webinar again on on the uh, new uh, proposed schemas to the scheme therapy model. You can have a look at that as be uh, recorded and uploaded. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for free. So that'll be at schematherapytrainingonline.com. Um, yeah, because we do, I, I guess, a precursor, right, um, is we do have a kind of 23 schema model now. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So it's, it's growing. It's it's um it's an exciting sort of thing. I, I think sometimes looking outside the box. Uh, often I don't know about you, but um for the last 10, 15 years, it's always been no. This is the eighteen skimmers, and now there's been a, a nice development of um, yeah. And uh, that was something that um, Jeff Young was talking about when we had him hmm. on a couple of years ago. He was surprised that no one had really put forward some new skimmers, and then yeah. sort of. Whiz bang! Within within a couple of years, we have a, yeah, a few different proposals. So yeah, um, yeah we kind of have a twenty three schema model, and we'll talk about it in the, in this other talk. But today, we're going to be talking about you know, are you good at experiential techniques? I think so. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. this is the um, big question that we often see with supervisees, and I, I think it's quite pertinent. Like we often see people coming to training and um, they haven't really got into the, yeah, they might go to more advanced training and they haven't really got into the uh, experiential side of things. It's changing. I get the feel. Do you, I don't know about you, it, you know, when you're looking at training and seeing people, do you notice that, Rob, that there's more people more likely to do experiential techniques or is that? Yeah. I, like I think there's always, the there's always a lot of um, energy for experiential techniques. People, for the most part, like them, um, they inherently feel that it's powerful and so they're keen to try it out. But but there is something what I would call a sort of like a confidence gap often, Mm. you know, that it's this thing where you've done a workshop, you've done a a training course, maybe you've seen some role plays, maybe you've done a role play or two in the course. But there is a gap between like where you think you're at confidence-wise or competence-wise and then where you want to be you know, in terms of applying it with with a live client, there's this mm. little gap there, mm. and so we thought that it'd be cool today to talk about that. Maybe you know how to get good, how to get uh, at experiential techniques, and and build up that level of confidence and impact. Yeah, and try to um, you know overcome this kind of mixed feeling of excitement and and fear. <laughs> Really, isn't it? Totally. It's kind of, it's fearful that you're going to mess up the client, and there's lots of um, anxiety that often therapists have, which is probably unwarranted. I think you know, um, I don't know about you, but I see a lot of people that are worried about bringing emotion to the room and sort of messing it up. But uh, well, I, I guess that say. does, 
It does lead to this principle. Uh, you, you talk about anxiety, but and I guess for me, many many supervisees they want to sort of be perfect at the technique first. Yeah, like they've got this idea that I need to do the perfect rescripting, and then one day when I reach this level of competence where I'm basically perfect, then I'll try it out. Uh, what do you think of that? I think they don't need perfection; they need progress. <laughs> Someone said that to me once, and I thought that's very true. So, I think today really is about giving you guys that sense of confidence to get out and make some progress and you know if you're a, a well-versed um schema therapist you you might get some new ideas from this episode today um if not you if you're yeah. a, more of a novice you know some ideas to get a little bit more confident to actually get this into the the routine part of schema therapy because the experiential techniques is a cornerstone thing it's like the meat and potatoes part of schema therapy and yeah we need to get this happening and if so we're Rob, avoiding this yeah then then we're not really getting there you've got a couple of um ideas yeah well i'll start with one idea and then we'll pivot i think you've got um an idea and and then i've got maybe one more that that'll be enough i think to sort of mm. unpack now the first one is this idea of starting slow. Now, mm. now we can apply that to both imagery and also mode dialogues or chair work. Okay, so um, if we unpack what that means, starting slow in the, in the, in the context of imagery, uh, I have seen some supervisees initially think, wow, a part of the pressure is this technique's so powerful and it's for trauma and it's for complex trauma and it's, you know, uh, for all these kind of uh, PTSD memories and things. And they feel a kind of pressure to to apply this technique with their most chronic and complex clients. Yeah. So they'll sort of, and that's a part of the pressure of it. It's like, oh no, like, you know, this client's got dissociation. This client's, you know, what if there's a sort of ab reaction? What if, you know, all this kind of stuff. And and so I think it can be a little bit of a mistake to think that you should learn it in that context first. And I tell all of my supervisees any chance I get, um, right, to get on the window, meaning you get on the window. All right, not just our clients. And, and so some ways you can do that is um, start applying the technique with, with clients that you, um, you have a great rapport with. Maybe you have some, some runs on the board therapeutically. Things are going the right direction. There's not much coping mode action. You, know, um, you, you can imagine that the client would do really well with imagery, you know, versus the clients that you think, whoa, this is going to be hard going, there's going to be resistance, there's going to be issues, all right? So be selective about the clients initially, yeah? Uh, so there's choose. a sense of willingness. I got one thing. There's a sense of willingness. Yeah, it might even be the icing on the cake for these clients. Mm. Those that might have been even, they might have even been doing some CBT work with you, yeah. made a lot of changes, and you just wanted that little bit extra in there to reinforce these ideas like I am good enough. You yeah. know, there's nothing wrong with me, but on yeah. an experiential level. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, I think all therapists know what I'm talking about. You've got those clients that are, that are you know, chronic and severe, you know, uh, sort of in terms of the profile, mm. and those that are, that are um, you know, you've got a lot of traction and a lot of runs on the board. You know, so that's, well, that's one thing. One thing I think of with my clients as well is if clients are willing and able, you know, I usually yeah. talk about this more of a trauma context, but if you've got the average client who's willing and able, are you willing to do some imagery? Yes. Are you able to do it? Yes. It, then it comes to, is the therapist able to do it? Yeah. And yeah. I believe, and we believe if you've done some training with us or you've yeah. done some training at some point and you're learning the model, you, you are able to yeah. give it a go. So, you know, if you've got those willing and able people where they're, you know, yeah. they're, they're, there's no coping modes and coping styles getting in the Correct. way and they're not getting flooded, then 
Shoot, go for it. You know, and similarly, the same sort of idea would be even to start off just doing things like safe place imagery. You know, yeah. can, can, you, can you get comfortable in the space of doing some imagery, even safety imagery? So yeah. making sure you're doing all that stuff as well yeah. can be a way of getting us on the line, getting, you know, getting us in the window, but also getting your clients in the window. Another uh, thing, just as you just yeah, before yeah. you move on, like the, the, another thing in terms of imagery, you know, you often you might be doing imagery with antagonists or, again, broadening it out to chair work as well, it, you don't necessarily have to do it with an antagonist. You could just Correct. be close your eyes and get an image of little you feeling alone and yeah. bring me into the image. So having that kind of limitary parenting, caring, nurturing to the child in the image, that could be yeah. something that's a lot easier than dealing with it. And, you know, like a, you know, getting the client app. and ourselves on the window. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The other thing would be also is just to get, you know, if you're doing chair work, you could do the same thing. So you don't have to do all these pros and cons with coping modes or critics you could just start, okay, I'm going to get a seat out. Yeah. And I'm going to imagine that your vulnerable side is in that seat. Yeah. And I'm going to talk to this empty seat. That can be yeah. fairly innocuous and, and tolerable for clients and for therapists. So there's this principle, I guess, where, I mean, you kind of got there to uh, to take the sort of wind out a little bit um, to where I was, I was going, which mm. is cool. So mm. it's this principle, I guess, of um, – don't feel pressure to deal with antagonists necessarily mm. initially mm. because there mm. is a lot of pressure on us maybe as a therapist to win the exchange, yeah? yeah, when you're dealing with antagonists and that kind of thing, whether it's in mm. imagery or on chairs. So I think that can be part of what builds up the pressure for therapists in the sense of, oh, yeah. no, I have to, I have to, I was told at the training I have to win the exchange. Yeah, right. And that's pressurizing. So, but, yeah. but also getting us in the window might mean, as you say, doing dialogues on chairs, for example, or within imagery. But let's say with 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 relating it to our chair work, you know, where we're not going to start off doing chair work for the first time, dealing with some punitive critic from some trauma memories. Yeah, uh, we we might just start off doing, well, in my head, either just interviewing a mode, whether it's a critic yeah, or whether it's a coping, just interview mm -hmm. a coping mode for role and function, getting to know what it's like, getting to know what it needs, how it functions, and and take the rebuking part out of it initially and just kind of interview it. Or we talk about in our training, moding out recent difficulties and recent triggers yeah, and sure. just kind of awareness raising about, you know, what these triggers are about and the different parts of the trigger for the client uh, without some impetus there or pressure to be rebuking, intervening yep. at this stage. So, again, just getting used to throwing it on a chair. Yep. Um, you know, and I, I always, always say as well to, to supervisees, and it's hard to convey, you have to kind of do it with them to say, mm. ultimately, this is about being playful. Like, and mm. I know that's a cliche, be playful. Like, you want the chair work thing to be, hey, let's, let's yeah. kind of get it on a chair, you know, let's, let's play around with this a little bit. I don't know about you, but you, you can, when someone's confident with doing an intervention, you know, clients, and, and that often that confidence can, can be playful. You, you're feeling confident and you're willing just to kind of play around with it rather than getting it right, perfect. That can be really helpful for the client as well because, you know, it feels like you're confident in the application and they're willing to give it a shot rather than someone who's looking, yeah. trying to be overly perfect or overly, or even just not feeling that confident about doing it and demonstrating that. And that could be kind of a bit off-putting for, for, for clients. Yeah. yeah, it could also be yeah. corrective potentially. Mm. Like when they're in that stuck in a mode of like doing it perfect and you're like being playful, then yeah, exactly. it can be this, yeah. 
Yeah, that's what. I, yeah, exactly. And the that's what I'm problems so come when the therapist, right? Exactly. Yeah, and we're both sort of bouncing yeah. off each other in a sort of mm. perfectionistic way. Mm. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So when you're just if when you're feeling more confident and you're just being you know less perfectionistic, then the client goes along with it, you know, as opposed yeah. to. Um, so what do you got? You got this second. Uh, yeah. Principle? Well, there was two. One, one other thing, just leading on to that as well, is and I, I, it's just something that I do notice from listening to a lot of tapes as well. And we're talking about experiential techniques and we're talking about that little bridge kind mm -hmm. of going from, you know, maybe I don't know where to, but going to, to experiential techniques. Yeah. Um, one thing I do encourage people to, to consider is what's the point? Like mm -hmm. what is, what are you trying to do with it? Like I do see a lot of people can, they, they get, okay, I've got to do imagery, I've got to do chair work, I've got to do experiential techniques, but they kind of lose track of, you know, in lay terms, what's the point of doing imagery or doing chair yeah. work? And I think it's important to have that set, that sentence, that answer kind of answered for you, yourself in your mind, have an idea of what you're trying to achieve. So, you know, what are you trying to teach the client? I'm trying to teach them to be more compassionate to themselves. I'm trying yeah. to teach them to, to understand the origins of schemas. Or to get more aware of the schemas, more aware of that kind of stuff, yeah. Or to set limits on their critic, or to interact with the critic. So we would point back to something that we call schema therapy treatment objectives, which 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 we cover in in a lot of depth in in the new Cambridge Guide to Schema Therapy. And usually, the why question comes back to those objectives. You know, I'm doing imagery scripting in the service of exactly reducing the power and influence of the critic. And yep. building healthy self compassion, for example. Yeah. 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 I do see some people going, oh, because I want to connect with the vulnerable child. And then I'm like, and what? <laughs> What's that going to do? Yeah. So having that extra understanding makes a massive yeah, difference because yeah. it's selling it to the client because the client's thinking, well, what's the point of doing that? And then if they're kind of buying yeah. in and you're, you know, you, and it helps you understand what you, you keep it tight to what you're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I guess yeah. Okay, so my pitch. I, I, I've said this, these these concepts a few times in different um, avenues, in different um, fire up contexts. Maybe. Yeah. So there's this concept of fire up, a therapist fire up, right? And um, the reason why I kind of thought about this, you came up with this, the, the the idea of fire up. Yeah. Well, yeah. We tried to. We had another word. Maybe borrowed and, and melded from other kind things. Of try to get some other names. Other, other. other I don't know. What is it an acronym? I've, it's such a. It's such a, an Australian that, thing. I think. Fire up. Fire up, that, mate. Is that a word? <laughs> is it an acronym? Am I? Is it? Oh, is that what, yeah. Cool. I don't know. You tell me. Is it an acronym? Okay. So F I R E stands for. Okay. So F stands for being. And before I preface this, actually, I'll tell you a little bit why I was thinking about it. Yeah. We, we talk about, you know, the therapist needs to win the exchange, all this sort of yeah. stuff. You know, no one really tells you what are some guidelines of how to respond to antagonists in imagery, whether it's a punitive antagonist or same goes with chair work. And no one really gives you an idea of what other kind of things that may be useful and the stance. So yep. when we talk yep. about therapist fire up, it's the stance, the initial judo move that you are using to, to go into experiential techniques. Okay, mm. so fire up stands for being firm in tone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't want you to do that versus I don't want you to do that. Mm. 
Mm. I'm not going to let you do that versus I'm not going to let you do that. Okay. So it's a tone thing. Mm. Being in control. Okay. So you are controlling the imagery. Okay. So when I, Mm -hmm. yeah, to the best you can, I mean, you Mm -hmm. can't control. You use the remote control even. You say, well, no, because we use the remote control and we start to the point where dad's coming up the stairs. We're in and control then, here. And you, yeah. And being able to demonstrate that to the client. So being in control or having using your influence, you know, it's another mm-hmm. eye that we can use. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you don't need to get angry. You don't need to get full on. It's just more the, the yeah, so being firm, in control. Mm-hmm. Uh, R is uh, being resolute. Mm-hmm. I'm not backing down. I'm not going anywhere. So being mm-hmm. very steadfast in your position that you're there to 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 stick up for the client to 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 disagree with a you know a coping mode or you know yeah. whatever this depending you know you know maybe a punitive critic or this sort of stuff so you know being resolute third thing is being empathic okay so you know if again in experiential techniques if it's a if it's a chair work thing and you you might be talking to the you know the coping mode i get it you're trying to help like thank you all right, or it might be in the imagery. It might be, Mom, I know it's really hard. Parenting really is tough sometimes, but I'm going to get you some help. That can be something. Even for the most punitive critics, it might be that you've got a a client with a punitive, you know, um, borderline esque parent. I mean, they're yeah. suffering too. So, you know, we could use that. So that's yeah. the fire, fire, fire yeah. bit. That yeah, making yeah. sense. Beautiful. So, yeah, yeah. So being firm, in control, resolute, empathic. And the up bit is being uncompromising. Mm-hmm. So kind of demonstrating, we don't normally talk like this in therapy where, you know, I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah. You know, so if we're going in, you know, mom, I know that you want the best for your son. You want him to do very well in his exams, but I'm right. And this is not the way to go about it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. It's that. not okay. It's not okay yeah. to speak to him in that way. It's yeah. not okay. Yeah, yeah. And I don't and back being, down from this. Back in yourself, you know. Back in your idea. Um, and the last thing is to keep it punchy. So I often see people. Often people are overcompensating when they're doing experiential techniques, where it's like, "I'm going to talk to the chair, or I'm going to talk to your dad in the seat." Ooh, or I'm going to- I like this. Yeah. And this is this like it's like a sermon. It's like I've I've heard them heard. You know, moments that go for like min, like five minutes. Yeah, this I'm is when you see the tapes and it goes on and on. Like, um, yeah. and I'm telling you, and da 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 da, and yeah. and it goes on and on. It's yeah, it's more about just stop. getting in there and going boom, 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 boom. Yeah, and then let's go. You know, I'm not going to let you talk to him like that, and that's not acceptable. How does he respond? Yeah. Yeah. What's happening now? So just little bites, so you can. Yeah. And and like, no, you can that's think, enough. Okay. It's enough. I don't take it anymore. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. yeah, and what's happening now? What's going on? And so then it's about, it's it about being punchy. Yeah. Well, I guess you bring in another thing. It's not in the acronym, but but oh, more yeah. making sure that you you allow a sort of dialogue to unfold. Yeah. So it's not right. just you talking at the parent and it goes on and on, but allowing the dialogue to unfold is is important. Well, we're gonna find we're gonna find this. <laughs> Maybe we could turn. No, no, no. I don't think we should change your, uh, your... But it's true. It's really true because you want to, if you do something, check in to see what's happening. You do something, check in to see what's happening yeah. for the antagonist, but for also the client. That's absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's a part of the corrective experience because you're getting the two sides to touch each other like through the yep. dialogue. Yeah. 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 
I love it. I love it. Fire up. Fire up, people. Well, the 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 other one I came up with, and it's it's obvious, but it's just the idea of getting some support. Hmm. Getting getting some support, you know, just to help you bridge that gap a little bit. And I I did a training um, recently, and it was it was a live training. And there are a couple of people there who I know are, are doing accreditation. They're do, getting some individual supervision, and you can just see the confidence levels are um, light years. You know, yeah. uh, when people are engaging in either individual supervision, I also love peer supervision for this. Yeah. You know, uh, where people are able to get some support around the, the, the sort of gap that they're in between you know their confidence levels now and where they want to be in order to start doing the techniques live. Um, being able to sit with a peer supervisor or even an individual supervisor and role play, you know, an individual supervision, I'll often say, hey, why don't you just do it? I'll be, I'll be little Jenny. It's okay. You know, I'm a safe pair of hands. Um, why don't we just do it? And you can do that individual consultation, but you can also do it in peer consultation with your colleagues. Um, so this is invaluable, being able to bridge that gap, you know, through role playing. I mean, that's the key thing, though. Like, you could have clinical consultation meetings with your, you know, friends and well, not friends, your colleagues and your supervisor, and you could just be talking about imagery and da da da. But it's that practice, isn't it? It's the practicing, and and Anud Arts's research suggests that. You know, that's why it's been incorporated into um into the or the role playing pieces. Yeah, Yeah. they 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 matter. They matter to to your clients' outcomes. So yeah, yeah. um, There we are. I mean, relating to that though, you know, if that's not happening, you know, you, I guess logistically, you know, that can be an issue, but it's often a schema that's coming up for you as the therapist. And it might be that, you know, you're, you're going to fail your schema and you don't want to look stupid with your colleagues or with your supervisor, you know, uh, you need, I mean, just generally you need to kind of get on top of your own schemas and know what's. Look, this was another one that's been bubbling. I wasn't going to mention it, but you've kind of gone there. I always go there, Rob. You you know, we we sort of know where we're going, and and it's this idea, right? You've already mentioned it, but but, and I hate. I want to say it this way: it's okay if you fail. This this stuff, experiential techniques, is not an exercise in perfectionism. Like the people that do well are not the ones who are most perfect. They're, they're the ones that are willing to give it a go and, and to learn from the process. And rem- of course, you, you prepare the best you can and, and all those things we've already talked about. Um, but at the end of the day, this isn't always going to go swimmingly. It's actually not easy to win the exchange like all the time. It's actually not easy, right? And I don't want people to get the idea, wow, we're, we're all here winning the exchange always. No. you know, um, And especially at the beginning, uh, it's more about also being comfortable with the times when you can't win the exchange and learning from that, seeking feedback. Okay, how did that land? Okay, it didn't land the way you need. What's getting in the way? What's the block? What does little Jenny need? Um, it's more about the I feedback piece. I love the idea of like failing fast. There's kind of like a, quite a big business kind of corporate idea. I think I don't know where it's come from. One of my clients is talking about it. I think it's in um, – kind of more IT type yeah, background. Yeah. Maybe a maybe people could t- tell me. But yeah, this yeah. idea that, you know, you 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 get on, you do the yeah, work yeah, yeah. and if you fail, then you just recalibrate and redo it again rather than, yeah. you know, getting everything absolutely perfect. That's great. And it's taking three times the amount of time 
And yeah. you know, you, if you get it going, you, like, I guess it's this idea Gee. of you don't need perfection, you need progress and be progressive and, and doing it. And then if you fail, you just fail fast and you move on and reset and recalibrate and do it again. But let me tell you, you know, once, once you've dealt with a certain kind of antagonist and you might have failed a couple of times, meaning you weren't able to win the exchange, um, once you do figure it out, it's something that you hold on to. Like it's something that's in, it's in the store now. You know with these kind of antagonists, what tends to land and you have an idea of where to go next time, you know? So, um, yeah, that's another one fail fast or, you know, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's not about, it's not an exercise in perfectionism, you know, it, yeah, it is about um, exploring, uh, get, you know, um, having a go at it, lear- learning from the client what's working and what's not working in terms of the needs. So do ask for feedback uh, and you do, you do over time, you'll get, you'll get better at it. You'll get better and better. Um, so yeah. I think we ended up hitting out. This is like schema therapy hacks for imagery. We ended up with like four or five hacks in the end. So we, you know, we really hope um, this has been this has been helpful in the journey. Yeah. It's um, this is a little bit of a summary of like consultation themes. It's a little bit like free consultation in a way. Yeah, yeah. And I just think that um, <laughs> yeah, some of the take homes here. Well, we got sort of the fire up idea start simple you know start don't start with the most crazy most difficult situation you know it's kind of like um you know you want to start with someone that's more willing you know this idea of um you know you don't need to necessarily go adversarial um, yeah yeah and yeah just this side you know you don't need perfection any progress love it so love it. yeah well thanks for awesome. tuning in guys um as you know, we, we've uh, part of supporting yourself in the journey can be getting resources as well. And there's, um, we always have our online courses and live courses, by the way, um, uh, kicking off usually about monthly. You can check them out at schematherapytrainingonline.com. Uh, thanks for listening today. And we'll see you around on What's a Schemata. See you later, guys. Thanks for your time. Bye.